welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Hello, my name is Isa Day and I'm today's artist in residence. For the last four weeks, we've been talking about different words like love, joy, peace and hope. And today, the word that inspired my painting is beginnings. <laughs> uh, I love old postcards, and when I was painting it, I really wanted to use as little colors as possible, make it look older. And because I spend most of my time with kids, I volunteer with kids, I work here with kids, I have my own kids, I'm always around kids, really. I love, I, I want them to see my art and tell me what they see. And that's why you see, you see dandelions that could be just a real painting. And I just had to add little people flying away with seeds of dandelions. Uh, obviously seeds because new beginnings. The seeds that fly over from your neighbor's yard to your yard and spread dandelions everywhere. The new beginnings are starting there. Um, I just thought this is such a perfect symbol of that. Uh, there are different beginnings in our life. There are beginnings of you getting married, you starting your life with someone new, uh, beginnings having your first baby, beginnings my child uh, just learned how to ride a bike. And you can find in my painting a picture of a little boy with teddy bear, which was inspired by my son. Uh, I just thought about him. He's two years old, and he just started using sentences to talk to me. Uh, so no longer just a word or a eh, eh. Now he says, I want this. I would like this. Uh, drinky, please. He says those things now, and I thought this is this new beginning for him when we can communicate with words. New beginning. You can find a woman reading a book. Sometimes things come to us. Something new is created because we read about it. Uh, there's also a woman on a bike, which I thought about it. Last summer I was on my bike, and this thought came to me and totally renewed my mind beginning, the new beginning started, something started growing. Uh, I have never felt that free like on that bike at that time. And that's why you find a picture of a woman there on a bike. There is also a man holding a bag. Sometimes when we start something new, we don't want to let go of old things. And maybe they will drag us down, maybe not. Sometimes we are landing somewhere where we don't really want to land. And we just want to keep flying because this isn't really a place where we want to be. You will find a symbol of that there. Sometimes we want new beginnings so badly. We will be climbing up and we'll just try to find it. We just need something new to start. So today I just have this question, where are you at now? What are your beginnings today? And please come forward after the gathering to look closely at the painting because... Uh, I love details, and you will find a lot of things in details in it. Hey, 
My name is John Mark. I'm also the mysterious voice coming from the balcony. Um, I'm the worship director here, uh, or music director here at Awaken, and I started in about October. So I'm fairly new, still learning some names. Um, but uh, what I do in addition to um, my time spent here is uh, I'm a songwriter. So uh, when we, I was hired on, I started meeting with Micah in October, and things are planned out a good while in advance in churches. So uh, Micah talked to me in October and said, we want you to write a song for Christmas Eve. And so I said, great, that's what I do, and uh, it's no problem. I'll draft something up. And, and I was like, oh, what is it, it going to be about? And he said, we're going to be talking about uh, the idea of beginnings, new beginnings. And I just thought, oh, no. <laughs> because uh, I immediately knew when he said that what I needed uh, to confront uh, in a song. Um, and I also knew how little I wanted to do that. Um, and so over the past weeks in preparation for Christmas, Mike has been asking me, you know, how's that song coming on? And I'm just like, oh, it's going well. <laughs> it is it is so close to starting. Uh, and um, so I finally ran out of time. <laughs> and uh, I have no song for you today. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, so, no, so I, I, I had to finally take a piece of paper and, and stare at it and just kind of wrestle um, with, with what I wanted to say. And so... Um, Without going into a, an overly extensive story, um, for those of you that don't know much about me, it's fairly new here. Uh, I come from a family, um, three kids. I'm the youngest. I have a brother, Luke, who's about five years older than me, and a sister, Anne, who's about six years older than me. Um, and for about um, about ten years uh, of our life, um, my brother was pretty uh, extensively trapped in some patterns of um, addiction and substance abuse, um, and that for a lot of years was a pretty uh, a pretty uh, tangible stake that was was driving itself into our family um, in a lot of really unpleasant ways, as you might imagine. And for those years, uh, I would sit and I would ask and wonder, like, when when is God going to show up? When is God going to come and make something new? And I think it's so puzzling the way that God works, um, because. Sometimes I wonder if we need the desert, uh, if we need the silence, um, because I can, with so much joy in my heart, say now that uh, my brother is now two years straight and sober and walking with uh, the Lord, and he's married, uh, newly married. And so, like, a story that whenever I feel like I need to just be put in my place and grounded, like, that's the story for me, like... Uh, asking God for something for for ten years and feeling like the answer was no, or feeling like the answer was nothing, um, and then Him showing up. And I think for a lot of years I expected God to come and just fix what my brother was doing, um, but that's not actually what needed to happen. I think God needed to show up and fix the hearts of of my whole family, uh, because I think to all to some degree we were all a part of the problem. And so I feel super grateful that here I can stand and, and not sing a song of, of despair, but a song of hope. And I feel like um, me and my brother and my family have been given a new chance. And uh, I'm 21 years old, and I feel like I've known my brother for about a year. <laughs> um, and he asked me to be the best man in his wedding, <laughs> which made me cry a whole bunch. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to try to, if I could, uh, capture some of that, uh, the essence of, of 
what it means to be given a new beginning and how sweet that can be. Um, and so this first sort of stanza, it's a short song, this first sort of stanza talks about the, the waiting, um, and then the second stanza talks about how amazing it is when, when the light uh, comes in for the first time. So this is what I have brought for the beginnings. For all these years our hearts have been 
So friends, uh, today we invite you to consider the arrival of new beginnings. And I'm going to go answer my phone. <laughs> so people want to hear a comic or something. They're just calling, like, you got anything going tonight? Like, actually we do. My name's Mike. I'll be here all week. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Boo! So, I was 23 years old, I had just gotten married, I had just graduated from college, and I had just started my first job. I wouldn't recommend doing that to anybody in the room, but there I was. In in fact, that day I was about to quit my first real job, and I, which you don't do, uh, because for a lot of reasons, I had just married this girl whose father had never left her wanting, uh, always provided, and I was about to quit this job. In fact, the day I called my father-in-law to ask if I could have Laura's hand in marriage, his response was, you know, Micah, I'm going to have to call you back. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, hangs up the phone for like an hour. I'm sweating on the other end. Uh, I guess I surprised him, actually. They didn't didn't see it coming. They thought we were going to wait a little while, but... um, So there I am, I'm about to quit my job, and I remember vividly uh, being on my knees in my bedroom at this little one-bedroom apartment that we had, weeping, crying out to God, feeling like somebody had turned out the lights on me, feeling like I was lost and confused, feeling like the the only thing that I knew was in total chaos, and all that I had to give God was a broken heart. I thought it was the ending of something, and... Looking back, knowing what I know now, I know that it was actually the beginning of something. Tonight, we want to look at beginnings, and each week in this season of Advent, we have looked at a word, uh, hope, love, joy, and peace, and we have added one. We've done this for the last few years, and tonight's word is beginnings. Uh, So I'm going to invite you to listen to Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says this, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room, no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in a cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Pray with me. God, as we open this book and this story and ourselves and our hearts to you, I pray, God, that the beginnings that may be beginning right now in our own lives would be made clear that you would be the God who comes, not just 2,000 years ago, but here to this place, to us. I pray in all God's people said, amen. So I'm not one to make definitive statements, you know, like, thus saith the Lord. That's not really my style as a preacher. I don't do that unless I really have to. And so tonight, as, you, as we focus our hearts and our attention, even just for one night, I, I want to suggest to you that Luke 2 is the story of a beginning, and that this story, this beginning, looks a lot like other beginnings in the scriptures. And in fact, they take their cues from the beginning, the beginning of the scripture itself in Genesis. And it looks a lot like what I experienced when I was 23 in this beginning that I had experienced. I want to say that beginnings often begin in darkness and in silence and in the presence. So a couple of questions we want to ask about Luke 2. What comes before Luke 2? Luke's gospel, which you've probably heard every Christmas you've ever been to church, it's this great story, but what comes before that? Well, first, Roman domination, for sure. If you know anything about the story of the gospel and and Luke and what was happening in Jesus' time, Rome was in power. They were uh, uh, the, the superpower of the world. They were the greatest empire maybe the world has ever known. Have you ever read a great book where an author takes uh, like the, the uh, good and evil and sort of looks at those things? For example, Lord of the Rings, if you've ever read that book. There's a real sense in which the author, Tolkien, uh, has this picture of Middle Earth and the powers that represent evil, Sauron and Sauron. And, and, and it's as, as if a veil has covered the land and it's the only thing that the people see. It's the only cup that they drink from. And this darkness, it's something that you see, but more than that, it's something that you feel. It's this chaotic feeling of not being in control or wondering about the nature of the world that you inhabit or ultimately if I or we are going to be okay. By the time Luke 2 happens, Rome is occupying the city of God. The Romans have come in and they're the last of a lot of people who are occupying the city of God. And so what was to be the city on a hill, this great light to the world, is under oppression and under the rule of Rome. And if you know anything about Rome... Their promise was peace. It's interesting we sing about the Prince of Peace and that peace has come. This was the promise of Rome to the people they were occupying or the people that were in their empire, that peace would come and that the peace of Rome, the Pax Romana, would be yours so long as you bend a knee and bow to Caesar who is Lord. Which is interesting because then you hear this phrase over and over that Jesus is Lord by the New Testament writers. That's why it was so confrontational. Because if you bowed your knee and you said Caesar is Lord, then everything was fine. In fact, they would say this is the euangelion, the good news of Rome. For the Israelites, the promised people of God, the descendants of Abraham, the ones who God would bless the world through, were living not with and among God, but rather in total darkness. The light of God had sort of been turned out, and what had left was an imagination for anything other than what they experienced. People who write about poverty often say that poverty is a lack of imagination. It's the inability to see a tomorrow that's different than today. For sure, the people of Israel, there was darkness all around. And even the announcement itself, when the angels come, it comes in the dark of night. So beginnings begin in darkness. They also begin in 
silence. Malachi was the last book of the Old Testament. And if you know anything about the prophets of God in the Old Testament, they're the ones who are supposed to call Israel back. They're reminding Israel that God is for them and with them. Maybe a little upset and disappointed at some of their behavior, but for them ultimately. And they said that this is the God who brought you out of Egypt. This is the God who who freed you from slavery. This is the God who brought you into this land and the God who will bless the world through you. This was the job of the prophets. Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament, 400 years between Malachi and the announcement of the angels. Now, I, I was dating Laura, my wife, and there was this moment where it was like do or die. If you've, if you've been in a relationship before, you, you know this moment, right? It's like you either go forward and you keep this thing moving on the tracks that it's headed towards marriage, or you sort of part ways and, and call her quits, you know, hedge your bets, call it in. And I remember making my, my you know, my... Uh, my uh, what's the word? I, I remember telling Laura essentially like, hey, I'm all in here. Like, I'm all in and, and I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm like, as ready as I can be, let's do this. And there was like a week, days of silence, right? And I'm thinking, to my, and, and when, when there's silence, it's worst case scenario. You start thinking, maybe I'm not as good looking as I think I am. Maybe I'm not as funny as I think I am. Maybe this girl doesn't really actually like me. And you don't have to answer that question, by the way. <laughs> But it's worst case scenario, that's what you begin to think about. Can you imagine you are the people of God and 400 years of silence? And when it's silent, we of course think, where was God when? When God doesn't speak, when God doesn't say anything, we wonder, where was God? So beginnings begin in darkness and in silence, and I would suggest in presence, If you go back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, there is this beautiful opening scene. And I would suggest that the first sentence of any book is one you ought to pay attention to. What do we learn about God in the first sentence of this story? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty. Tohu vavohu, chaos, tumultuous, darkness over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the first book, the opening sentence, what we learn about God is in the midst of the silence, in the midst of the darkness, in the middle of the chaos, God is present here. I don't know where you've come tonight, come from tonight, but maybe you've asked the question like, where was God when he got cancer? Or where was God when I lost my job unexpectedly? Or where was God when I was abused? Or where was God when my spouse died? Or where was God when I found out that I was different? Where was God when I found out that my child had Down syndrome or autism? Where was God when? And unfortunately, a lot of religious people give really, really damaging answers to that question. But I want to suggest to you tonight that the story that we read on Christmas is a story that reminds us, that asserts with clarity that God is present in those moments when it is dark, when it is silent, when it is quiet, that that is the beginning of a beginning. Lots of people give all kinds of bad answers, but friends, God, in those moments when we ask, where were you when? The scriptures say that it's in that moment exactly that God is there battling, moving against forces and agents of free will in the world, present and bringing life and hope and peace and joy, that that is where beginnings begin because that's where God is present. For, Chris, for Mary and Joseph, for all of Israel, for all of the world, Christmas is a new beginning and beginnings begin in darkness and in silence 
with the presence of God. And so it was on that night, in darkness and in quiet, the angels of God hovering over the shepherds, the lowest of the low, the people who had no rights and were the outcasts and rejects of their world. That is where we find God, hovering and present in that moment. Inviting and illuminating. They say, come and see this thing that has been born, which is an invitation, which was extended 2,000 years ago to a bunch of shepherds on a hill, and I would submit to you as this invitation that is invited, that is given to you tonight. Come and see. So maybe you're here tonight and you have come from or are in the midst of, or if I know anything about human nature, you will be headed towards at some point a season of darkness where you wonder, where is God? Where you ask the questions and have the doubt and the uncertainty and the wonder about, is God even out there? And may I be the one to remind you this Christmas that if this story tells us anything, it's that beginnings begin in darkness and in silence with the Spirit of God present over the waters of our lives. Maybe it feels like it's chaos. Maybe it feels like the end, there's no end in sight. And maybe it feels like something is actually dying in you. Hang on, friends, because in these moments, things will have just begun. That's the story of Christmas. That's the story of the good news of Jesus that this is who God is and this is what God does. We're going to close tonight by doing something that I've been doing since I can remember as a little boy. I went to uh, Knox Presbyterian Church over in the Midway. My brothers and I, all five of us, pretty little maids all in a row, we would sit at my grandpa's church with my Uncle Mike down at the end, you know, like feeding us, lobbing us meatballs to act out and do something stupid. And then he would just sit down there and, chortle with this big belly. But at the end of this service, every year, we would get these candles. And of course, they were something for us to play with and wish that we could light on fire the whole service. But we would sing Silent Night. And so tonight, as you came in, you were given a candle, and there are lights on your table. Uh, John Mark and the band is going to lead us. And as he begins, I want to invite you to stand and to light the candles around you and just... uh, Surgeon General's warning, if you have the lit candle, keep her upright. If you have a non-lit candle, come in sideways, okay? Here we go. Everybody got that? We're leaving the joke joint, so we'd like to not clean up wax if we could. But as we sing, I want to invite you to think and be reminded that the light of God has come into the world, into sometimes a very dark world, and that something has been definitively stated, that this is who God is and this is what God does. He comes to us in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of silence sometimes, what seems like, in the midst of our loneliness, and offers God's self. says, come and see. Come and see. So let's sing together. Friends, my hope and my prayer for you this Christmas is that you would know the God of grace, of peace, of hope, of love, of joy, that you would know that this is the God who has come in the baby Jesus who offers new beginnings, who is always up to new beginnings. Grace and peace to you. Merry Christmas. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com.
or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community. Or on Twitter, Awakening Community. See you next time.